Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're a woman, and you've made dinner, and now you're in the kitchen doing the dishes. Your partner has dutifully cleared the table and is now standing in the kitchen chatting with you. While it's very nice that they're bonding with you, you're biting your tongue because you don't understand why he's not sweeping the floor, wiping off the counter, or drying some of the dishes while you chat and you're getting pissed. You're a man and you've just dutifully cleared the table and you're now in the kitchen chatting with your wife and having a great conversation. You're thinking, hey, we're bonding. I'm being awesome, and I'm keeping her company, and we're having those talks she loves. But you notice that she's getting short with you, and that the energy has become a little chilly. And you're thinking, what the heck did I do wrong now? I thought I was doing everything right. If you've been in this situation, today's episode is for you. This is episode 93 of the Relationships Made Easy podcast, and it's what you don't know about emotional labor is killing your relationship. Stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a number one Amazon best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 30 years of experience helping people create connected and happy relationships. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in your relationship today. So let's get to it. Hey there, Dr. Abby Metcalf coming at you and woo! This one has been long in the coming. I have had so many requests for this podcast um, by men too, not just women. I want to say that. It's been the vast majority have been women. Uh, and they didn't necessarily have this label for it, emotional labor, but that's why I started giving you the, that little, um, in, that intro with those exam that example, because if you relate to that, this episode is so for you, and I'm going to be sharing with you things that can absolutely change your relationship. Uh, so, and really get you out of that confusion of what the heck and get you into some connection and love and deep understanding, which, and 
ultimately some great sex, right? <laughs> Which we all want. So before I get in too much, I, a few things. Number one, please subscribe and please leave a review. If you enjoy the podcast and some of you email me and you're so kind or you message me on Facebook or whatever and Instagram and everywhere else and you say, oh, I really love your podcast. I would, if you love it, please, I'm begging you, please leave a review. It means so, so much. Anywhere that you download, it would be great. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, it helps hugely and I would love it if you subscribed uh, so you won't miss a, an episode. And next, before we get going, I'm going to say one thing. Straight men listening to this podcast are likely going to hate it and feel defensive. Don't don't stop listening yet. <laughs> I'm going to ask now that you listen like you're wrong, meaning that I'm going to be putting a ton of research out there to drive my points home because I really want you to believe this, what I'm going to tell you. And I'd like you to think of what your world would look like if all I'm about to say is true, because it is. <laughs> what I can tell you for sure is that your relationship will absolutely improve if you can take action on even a small portion of what I'm going to say. So if it it's really about having an aha today and really shifting kind of from a paradigm level. So please listen up. Straight women who are listening, uh, you're going to erect a statue in my honor so uh, please make sure my ass looks good, even if that means you have to take a little creative license there, you know, but give me a nice uh, backside. Okay, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna be hitting you with my top five tips for making sure the emotional labor is shared. So again, stick around, you know me, I'm always making things operational, so never fear. Uh, if you're really ready to change a relationship on a, you know, a grassroots base foundation level, this is for you today. And I'm gonna say as a quick side note, that I'm, I talk as I usually do about heterosexual relationships, but this will also ring true to gay and lesbian couples because this emotional labor thing we're talking about, it happens in all couples. I, I definitely have gay and lesbian couples in my practice and it has absolutely applied to them without a doubt. So please know um, that, you know, I'm coming at you with the man, you know, wife, husband thing and all that, but trust me, everyone can be in there. Okay. So when I was researching this episode, again, because so many had written about it, kind of giving that initial example, uh, <laughs> when I was researching it, I just came across the most awesome article. I'll link to it in the show notes. And you can always, again, there's always a corresponding blog post uh, on the website, abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast or forward slash blog. And this is episode 93. So you can get the links either place. But it was a really great article and uh, it was in, like I said, it was in Harper's Bazaar. And I just have to share just a moment of it because it'll ring true to every woman out there and will hopefully give an aha moment to many of the men who are listening right now uh, before we really get into this discussion on sort of a deeper level. So, okay. So the author of this article, it was called, We're Not Nags, We're Just Fed Up, <laughs> Had she had asked her husband to hire a cleaning service as a Mother's Day gift. And first of all, she was sort of saying that he was annoyed that he couldn't just go like buy her a ring or a bracelet or a scarf or a sweater or something. She could tell he was a little annoyed that this was going to be a little more work, you know, to hire a service. Um, and he apparently called one service the day before Mother's Day and thought they were too expensive. So he cleaned the house himself, top to bottom. He thought he was doing what she asked. He was so proud of himself, but he wasn't. And here's what she wrote, because uh, she's a writer and she wrote it beautifully. So I'm going to just quote it. 
So in his mind, he was doing the thing I had most wanted, giving me sparkling bathrooms without having to do it myself, which is why he was frustrated when I ungratefully passed by not looking at his handiwork as I put away his shoes, shirt, and socks that had been left on the floor. I stumbled over the box of gift wrap he had pulled off a high shelf two days earlier and left in the center of our closet. In order to pull it back, I had to get a kitchen chair to put it back. Sorry. In order to put it back, I had to get a kitchen chair and drag it into our closet so I could reach the shelf where it belonged. All you have to do is ask me to put it back, he said, watching me struggle. It was obvious that the box was in the way that it needed to be put back. It would have been easy for him to just reach up and put it away, but instead he had stepped around it, willfully ignoring it for two days. It was up to me to tell him that he should put away something he got out in the first place. That's the point, I said now in tears. I don't want to have to ask. I know right now there's women all across the world listening, gasping, going, yes, that's me (laughs) in some way or another. Uh, And many a man listening and gasping, going, yeah, I cleaned the house top to bottom and she was still pissed or, you know, whatever the thing was. So, and I, I, this, when I, uh, I would say that this is the lament of just about every heterosexual woman, and again, many a gay man or woman, in a committed relationship. Uh, I shouldn't have to ask. You should just know. I hear this all the time. And I was thinking of this movie. There was a movie, The Breakup, with Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn, played her boyfriend. And in it, right before they broke up, she was uh, putting away the dishes, and she was really upset that he didn't put away the dishes. And he, she's putting them away, you know, kind of slamming in them. And he said something like, well, you can just ask me. I would have done it. And she replies, I want you to want to put away the dishes. And he looks at her like she spouted three heads, right? Like no one wants to put away the dishes. I'm never going to want to put them away. What are you talking about? But this is one of those things. This isn't about wanting to put away the dishes per se. It's about what's behind it. This isn't about not being able to read your partner's mind or the fact that your partner should just ask for what they want. This is about who's carrying the emotional labor in a relationship. Yeah, it is. This is what it's about. And I'm going to explain it to you today. I'm going to break it down so you understand it. And then, like I said, I'm going to give you some tips to to shift it. Uh, But that's the real issue that's going on in all these examples. So women (laughs) don't want to have to ask. We get tired of it. It makes us grumpy, frustrated, and sad all all at once, by the way. And it definitely does not make us want to give you a blowjob later. Not at all. Uh Uh-uh. Not even a little. So I remember the first time I went on vacation, um, and my my husband with with my husband without the kids, you know, the first time you leave the kids home, and it you know setting up who was going to stay with them while we were gone, doing all the grocery shopping and cooking so they'd have food they'd eat, right? That they the kids would have the food and the people were taking you know their aunts ended up coming and they were taking care of them, getting the laundry done, getting the house cleaned and ready, making emergency lists, you know, with doctors' names and numbers, medications. Uh, you know, here's where the Tylenol's kept, here's where the whatever is, making a schedule of their activities that weekend and what they need to have with them for each thing, you know, the soccer cleats or the baseball bat or the whatever. Ah, right? <laughs> I was exhausted before we stepped a foot out the door and I hadn't even packed for myself yet. Then I'm supposed to go on vacation for two days, relax and feel like, you know, the sexy, fabulous, wife, carefree wife, right? Really? Really? Uh, because it's not about that 
you know, in her, in the author's example, that gift wrapping box you took down and left in the middle of the closet or helping out and doing the grocery shopping, but then texting three times to ask what kind of butter you should buy, what kind of milk do we drink, or to ask if it's okay to get sweet potatoes instead of the yams that were on the list. Men are often left feeling grumpy and frustrated themselves as they feel like, you know, the target keeps moving or like they do what's asked only to find out that there's some trick here and all is not as it seems, you know, that you, you bought the yams and you get yelled at that you should have bought sweet potatoes because they're really different or something because uh, you didn't ask. So now you're afraid. So you ask about everything uh, the, you know, this sort of thing gets set up or you feel like you do the thing. Hey, I cleaned the house like you asked, um, but I didn't do it right somehow or I didn't, you know, take care of every little thing. So it, everyone ends up upset. Okay, so let, let's talk first about what the heck is emotional labor anyway. I want to be really clear about what we're talking about because I've certainly outlined the problem, I think, right? Every, I'm sure you're out there nodding your head going, oh yeah, that's me. So in 1983, uh, Arlie Hothschild, she's a professor emerita of sociology at the University of California, Berkeley. She coined the phrase emotional labor in her book, uh, it was called The Managed Heart. So it was initially used as a workplace term and referred to the need, you know, to keep your personal life at home when you got to work, that kind of thing. So, and you know, any private worries, issues, or concerns, they shouldn't interfere with your ability to fulfill the emotional requirements of your job, right? That was separate. Uh, this term is it, since, I think, more commonly referred to really all the pieces we need to think about in running a family. So from making meals to cleaning to shopping to childcare, the overall love and support. And of course, for centuries, <laughs> the emotional labor of the American family and really families, I would say, around the world, that's why centuries, you know, multiple, multiple, <clears throat> is, uh, is really rested solely on the wife or mother's role, the female role. And I, I think, I know I have listeners all around the world and I think everyone would agree that that's very largely, uh, even though it's many more progressive nations than the United States, that that's largely how it is. So, so anyone listening knows family roles have changed dramatically. And I'm going to talk about the United States right now because I can't do stats from all over the world. But in the United States, because women have increasingly entered the workforce. So in 2018, about 70% of all women with children under 18 years old were working or looking for work. How's that? Um, currently, both parents work full-time in just over 60% of households in the United States. And I'm going to link to all the research in the show notes or on the corresponding blog. So you can go to either of those places. I'm not going to sit and stop every time and talk, go into the research deeply or where I got something from because you can come look. Um, so the problem is that although women have taken on being these kind of co-breadwinners, men haven't stepped up at the same pace in the home. Men have stepped up some, but not in the same pace. <laughs> so in fact, get the, this kills me, married women end up with seven more hours of house per, housework per week, while married men end up with one less hour of housework per week. <laughs> I like that. And also, you know, married uh, men live longer than unmarried men and married women live less long than unmarried women. It's, 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 it's definitely <laughs> interesting that women want to get married. Um, caring for children and spending time with children is also disproportionately much higher for women uh, than men. So emotional labor and who's doing it has become this really critical factor in successful and happy relationships. And there's, again, a ton of research, there's books written. So 
One of the books I checked out is called Fed Up, Emotional Labor, Women in the Way Forward. It's by Gemma Hartley. And she has a good definition. She defines emotional labor as the unpaid, invisible work we do to keep those around us comfortable and happy. I think that one's really, really good because that's a lot. So, and again, this type of labor has mostly been considered women's work, right? We think of it as women's work, all this stuff. And women, though, have now come to resent it as things have changed. It's not just about women being in the workforce. Uh, it's also about, you know, if, if, if you think about a stereotypical home in the, let's say, 1950s, but in many homes today, too, where... Uh, you know, the man would work all day, the woman was home taking care of the kids or the house or cook. They used to cook a lot more. You know, it was crazy, right? Everything was from scratch and all that. But, and then the kids would come home, the husband would come home and she's still working. Now the husband would come home, take off his hat near the door, put down his briefcase and his work was done for the day. I mean, totally done. There was not another thing to be done. And women would keep working. So they would keep going. Now they have to clean up after dinner. Now they have to take care of the kids and give them baths and look after homework and do all the things, drive them around, get them places. Meanwhile, again, men are now done. They're not doing this anymore. Men also, and women during the day, yeah, you can take some time and I don't know, watch some TV or scroll through Facebook or, you know, go out to lunch or there's certainly little breaks that both men and women can have depending on their, their job out in the world or their job at home. But uh, people are, you know, busy doing their thing. And and again, this idea that it never ends. And then the weekends come. And again, men are off and women were not. They kept going. They kept working. They were now grocery shopping. All the things in the house and the this and the that. All the all the things. Now, as, as we've come forward, let's say here in the United States, um, and some people have help at home, but there's still, you know, a lot to do. Uh, there's all kinds of, but again, there's this, I, there's this thing that's not really understood. And uh, by, 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 I think men in general of just the weight of what that is to be thinking of all the things. And there's a lot of things that go into your household and taking care of it and all the people in it. So we'll get into that a little more detail later, but um, so even though men are doing way more in, in general, uh, at home and they're, you know, helping with the kids or whatever, there's a level that they're not quite getting to. And I'll give you some examples to point that out so you can sort of get what that, what I mean by that. And obviously there are some men listening or out there who do the emotional labor, maybe even more than the, their, their wife or their partner, um, without a doubt, I'm sure that exists, but that is not the common. That is not the majority. I mean, again, there's been a ton of research on this. That that is not. That's the that's the unicorn, not the usual. So okay. So when we talk about what men taking on, and so I want to get into more specifics. You know, when we talk about men taking on more emotional labor in the home, so I'm not just talking about doing the dishes more often, or uh, you know, because it really means tending to and and I hopefully supporting and enhancing the emotional lives of everyone in the household. So if you really think of that, that's something else, you know, having those deeper conversations maybe with the kids or with your partner. But I want you to think of this scenario. So let's say your child is sick, if you have a child, is sick in the middle of the night. Who gets up and takes care of them? Who, so I have plenty of dads who will raise their hands right now and go, well, I do that, I do that, I get up, I get up. Well, do you then coordinate the follow-up doctor appointments? Do you make calls to the school attendance line? Do you check with the teachers to see what work was missed when they stay home from school? Do you cancel the carpools to swimming and make sure that there was, uh, and did you make sure that there was a thermometer and Tylenol in the house in the first place? 
and the little thermometer covers because now we use the ear ones do, or maybe you have the forehead one like we're all did you have anything to do with all that stuff do you even know where that is in your house you know maybe like maybe you're not even sure where the caps for the thermometer are uh, it's that kind of thing and I know it, it sounds nitpicky but it's a lot of different pieces and again you might say well I work all day and my partner does not and so that is her job to do that kind of stuff. I totally get what you're saying. The thing is, again, the job never ends. And there's so many pieces to the job that you don't realize that weigh heavily on women's minds that are always there, always these sort of open, um, you know, I call them apps, you know, these, these open uh, things in your brain that are taking up your mental bandwidth, taking up your ability to be carefree and light and funny and uh, want to have sex and all that other stuff. And so again, hopefully you're listening with uh, an open heart that there's a lot more here than you maybe thought about. So, and in, you know, in the past when, when husbands had trouble at work, it was the wives who consoled and, and encouraged their men. And again, while they are always holding down the fort, always taking care of the kids and all that, it's been a 24 hour job for a very long time for women. And that's a fact that has largely been overlooked or dismissed. Literally it is a job for women if they're awake. And even in the night, if somebody gets up <laughs> often, um, and it's just a lot more than you think. So in most relationships, especially those with children, one person tends to do the majority of the emotional labor. And in heterosexual relationships, again, women are still disproportionately responsible for the emotional labor in a family. And this means that, like I'm saying, that there's often not enough available bandwidth left over for women to take care of themselves or do the things they find important or fulfilling. Like they're not finding time for those things. And this leads to definitely to dissatisfaction, hugely to resentment, uh, passive aggressive behavior, that kind of thing, not wanting to have sex or give those blowjobs, depression, anxiety, mental exhaustion, physical exhaustion. It leads to all of it. So, uh, again, when we talk about men carrying more emotional labor, it also means that they make efforts really to be amenable to and support their partners. Um, there was a University of Chicago uh, study that I was reading that, and the researchers found, I'm going to quote them, that a husband's agreeable personality and good health are crucial to preventing conflict among uh, especially older couples who have been together a long time. So again, as, as you age together, this is one of the big components. And, uh, in his book, The Man's Guide to Women, which I highly recommend, uh, ma you know, marriage guru, Dr. John Gottman, he writes that what men do in a relationship is by a large margin, the crucial factor that separates a great relationship from a failed one. And he says, this doesn't mean that a woman doesn't need to do her part, but the data proves that a man's actions are the key variables that determines whether a relationship succeeds or fails. I know it's a biggie. So women aren't just getting mad because their partners aren't taking joint responsibility with all the tasks involved in running a household. They're actually feeling anxious. They're desperate. And I would say downright frantic when their men don't do their part in taking care of the emotional bond that makes them a couple. And this goes on a lot. I know um, because I, when I see couples, I give them homework. 
And what will often happen is that, you know, the man either won't do the homework or he'll wait to the last minute and the, the, the wife or partner, you know, the woman is, you know, she's already done it and she's already done all the extra credit and, you know, she's checking with him, did you do it? Did you do it? And, you know, she wants to set up times to talk and, and they haven't done it or they put it low on the totem pole. There's just a way that often, and I can only say this anecdotally, I don't keep track exactly of this stat with my people, but for sure it's overwhelming that women are driving, you know, getting to therapy, finding me, calling me. Can my husband also call you? That kind of thing. Having said that, I have a lot of men who call. I do. I have a lot of men who've gone to therapy or done whatever, and they call and they're looking for me without a doubt. And I actually have a a disproportionate number of men in my practice. I, I, I have a lot of men in my practice, a lot of uh, a lot, <laughs> um, sometimes more than the women in my practice. Um, and, uh, you know, so I'm not saying that they don't get help or don't see these things. I'm just saying in general, in the bigger picture, this is how it looks. So I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. With all this going on, what to do, Abby? Abby, what are we supposed to do with all this? That's great. Men are listening going, great, I'm a screw up. Who cares? You know, <laughs> don't don't think that. You're not. Uh, women are just like, well, yeah, we knew all this. What, you know, newsflash, we were already feeling all this. So uh, I'm going to, as always, I've got a five-step process to help you get really get the emotional labor on more level ground, okay? And it's five easy steps, but they're really important to do. So step number one, you got to talk about it. And let me say specifically what I mean. So, you know, I talk a lot about the 12-step programs, um, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, all those that I'm involved in. And in the 12-step programs, part of the first step, there's 12 steps, right? The part of the first step is admitting that your life has become unmanageable. (laughs) That's the first step. And it's a good one. And it's the same here, people. Uh, The first step is realizing that this is an ongoing problem and looking for solutions and not just, I hear, well, that's just how it is. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. F that. Screw that. That's bullshit. Forget that. That is not the answer to this. That's not, that's a cop out to this. You know, we're just built different. Men are built different. Women are built different. Yeah, we all are. Okay. But we've chosen to be in these damn relationships. And uh, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to put myself out of business here. <laughs> trying to have you not come in to couples therapy, to not need it anymore, to just be happy, happy in your relationships. So, so give a listen. Um, so when I, you know, when I meet with couples, men, men often complain about this issue of feeling like, you know, they do something, but it's not good enough. And so they start thinking, why bother? I can never get it right. So 
here's what I always ask them. I say, do you think this is a problem only in your relationship or do you think many men suffer with this? Right? I, I ask that. And their immediate answer is something like, oh yeah, all my married friends complain about the same thing. All my friends say this. Everybody complains about it. So right here is when we should step back and think that there's something you're missing. If so many people are feeling the same thing, that it's not something just in your relationship, but a broader issue you haven't yet been able to understand, like emotional labor, like really not understanding what it means to truly not just like do another job that you're, you know, on your to-do list that your wife pointed out, but to actually own it. Okay. So shedding light on this and talking about this issue is key. It's important to approach it with curiosity. That's the biggie. And with an not with an attitude of defending yourself, in other words, right? This isn't an attitude of defense. This is an attitude of curiosity. And women, when you talk about it, you need to be open and curious too. If you're judgmental, if you're sanctimonious, I told you, look, Abby, I'm making you listen to Abby's podcast about this. Or if you're openly impatient, this conversation is going nowhere fast. So I don't want you to come from the angle of I'm right and you're wrong. I come from the angle of we're a team and we have to come up with good solutions together. I I always want you to remember, so women, if your husband's problem, your partner's problem is a you problem, not a his problem. It is for the two of you to fix. It's not for him to fix. It is for coming together. So So that's number one is really starting to talk about it. And uh, step two is truly listen and ask good questions. Super duper important. So in your discussions, make sure you continue to ask questions again, as if you're wrong. Remember I said that in the very beginning, ask, you know, listen like you're wrong, ask questions like you're wrong. That's the stance I need you to have. Men, if this is, you know, in this, you're, you're fish who don't know that they're wet, right? That I need you to remember that you're a fish who doesn't know it's wet. So it's hard to uncover. This is a blind spot, especially if you think it means you might have to do more of something when you're already feeling maxed out because you go to that in your head. Oh, it just means I'm going to have more to do. No. It, uh, talk about the situation as non-judgmentally and openly as possible. Get rid of that belief that now you're going to have more to-dos, more on your to-do list. That's not what this is about. Matter of fact, you will be elated to hear, <laughs> I think, over the moon to hear, that understanding all this might mean that you ultimately do less, do less. And that right now, you might be doing too much of the wrong thing. I want you to think about the that article I read you earlier from Harper's Bazaar, right? He cleaned the house from top to bottom, top to bottom. He spent the whole day doing it. If he had made a few calls and done it earlier than the day before Mother's Day, he would have found a cleaning service who could do it. And he and his wife could have been having, he could have been getting that blowjob for all he knows on Mother's Day. Wouldn't that have been nice? Because she was so grateful. He could have uh, had a few extra seconds to put the damn wrapping paper up in the closet. He could have, he could have gone and played golf. I don't know, with the kids and left his wife alone. I don't know. A hundred things could have happened that would have been less work than spending 12 hours cleaning the friggin' house or whatever he was doing. Do you see what I'm saying? You'd be, you'd be amazed that you're probably doing the wrong things. You're probably focusing on the wrong things and putting more attention on the right things, truly understanding what those are, will have you feeling less frustrated, less annoyed, less impatient, which in turn means that you'll be a happier hubby and more loving and kind, which means happier wife, more loving and kind. It's it's a win-win-win. 
And again, I know you're interested. Blowjobs are in your future. Like that's what happens because things start to just feel better in the relationship. So do not get it in your head that emotional labor means, oh, I'm just going to have way more to do. That is not what this is about. And women shouldn't have that in their heads either. Oh, once he gets this, he'll do a lot more work around the house. That's not what this is for. And that's really not what you need anyway. I say a lot that the things we need from our partners are not the things they do. And I've said this before, women, you did not hire your, uh, marry your husband because he's great at cutting the grass. I mean, that is not, that was not on your list. That was nowhere on your list of traits I want in the perfect man. It wasn't on there. And men, you had the same, a woman who really does great dishes. If you did go back to Neanderthal times, we, they, they just called, they need you back. Um, but you know what I'm saying? That is not what's on your list. You had other things, great sense of humor, really fun to be with, like interests. I don't know. You had a list of lots of other stuff, you know, great ass. I don't know. Like this will give you time for those things. So really think about <laughs> what what this means, because it doesn't mean just splitting up a to-do list. Okay. So you're a fish, men who don't know it's wet. So you've got to uncover your blind spots. And so and I want you to talk about, again, situations as non-judgmentally, as openly as possible. So that's the biggie. So men, start stepping up, leaning in. And the first thing, the first thing you can do is starting to ask questions. And things like you know, uh, think about it. Like, are you checking in to see if she's had a rough day? Are you actively doing things with the intention of service and feeling of safety for your partner? Right? Are you thinking that? Like, wow, what can I do for my my person or my people? You probably have multiple people in your house. Um, and am I being of service? Do they feel safe and secure, you know, by things I'm doing? Do you do nice things without being asked? Do, are you keeping your side of the street clean? Making your own appointments for the dentist? Are you cutting your own toenails and not leaving them all over the floor? Are you, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, do you need reminders to take care of your life? That would be part of that too. Are you telling your partner sincerely and consistently <clears throat> how appreciative and grateful you are? Think of that. Do you validate your partner's emotions, right? Are you answering their bids most of the time? If you don't know about bids... I'm linking, I'll link to it in the show notes. I do a whole thing on bids, answering bids. Do you contribute in a constructive way to, to planning, to rides, to meals, to logistics? You know, where are you in things? Do you really understand what it takes to, to run your home? If your partner, God forbid, were to die tomorrow or in the hospital, would you be able to run the home easily? Would you know where things are? Would you know what your kids' likes and dislikes are? Would you know what the dent, where the dentist number is? Um, there's very little that makes me more crazy than that kind of thing. I have couples that come in all the time and, um, you know, hey, we need to cancel, the husband will say, we need to cancel the carpool for tomorrow to the wife. And the wife's like, well, you can call, you know, you can call and cancel the carpool. And he'll say, well, I don't have the number. <laughs> it's like, and she's like, I've given you the number two or three times. Oh, I, I don't know where it is. This is not acceptable. This is not acceptable. Take ownership. Call, call the frig, cancel the frigging carpool yourself and keep the number in your contacts. It couldn't be easier than ever these days, people with smartphones, my Lord. But think of those kinds of things. All right. Step three, men, you have to take over the emotional bond. Like what if you took over the emotional bond? So I want you to, to do it, take whatever action is necessary to be the chief caretaker, or I, sometimes I say the chief operating officer, if you like that terminology better, of the emotional connection between you and your partner. What if you were in charge of that? 
So that would mean you'd read everything you can about emotional labor. Treat it as you would an assignment at work that you need to crush to get that promotion and secure a place in your company. This is how you're going to become partner, literally and <laughs> figuratively, by crushing it. And I would recommend Gottman's, uh, The Man's Guide to Women. It's a great place to start studying, but you can, you know, hear you're studying doing this right now. Maybe you're the one to discover this podcast and you can have your part, your wife listen to it. I don't know. Uh, you can start, there's, it's, if you look up emotional labor all over the internet, there's stuff, but again, there'll be tons of things, links on this blog post or, um, podcast page on the show notes page. So you can come on over and take a look and you can start there with all the links and reading all of those and really getting good at it. But you should become an expert in this. You can't control and okay. Yeah, I'm gonna leave that. All right. Step four, women, we're almost at the end here. Women, look at yourself. <laughs> so the men, you got to take over the emotional labor. Women, you got to look at yourself. Stop looking at your man. You Women, you cannot control your partner's emotional labor, but you can control your own. Yes, you can. It's not okay to ever feel like a victim in your relationship. Oh, I can't do anything because he refuses to change. You know, this is the blame game and it serves no one. No one. Here's the truth. If one person changes, the couple has changed. I'm going to repeat that. If you change, your relationship changes. End of story. Absolutely it does. Without a doubt it does. That's what being a couple is. You affect one another and understanding this is a big part of the equation. So start with your own self-awareness and increasing that so you can act, not react when issues come up with your partner. And again, there's tons of information about self-awareness and how to build that and mindfulness on my website. There couldn't be more. It's all free. Can't even, don't, no excuse. Go look it up. It's easy. Do a search on the website, self-awareness or mindfulness. Tons will pop up. I covered most of it, I think last October. I don't remember what episode numbers those are, but I'm sure you can find them pretty easily. I did a whole month on it, a month. So uh, there you go. All right. And let's get to step five. <sighs> Women be open to a new standard. This is huge. So if Women, if you're the one coming up with the list of what needs to get done and setting the bar on how it needs to be done, then you're not sharing the emotional labor. You're just hiring your partner as an employee. Yeah. The men are finally like, oh, one for me. Okay. This won't work in the long run. Do not hire your husband as an employee. He ain't one. Stop it. So I get it. The fork should go in the dishwasher with the tines up so they can clean properly. You know, I appreciate that. The towels need to be folded this way, the certain way, or they won't all fit in the closet. Junior cannot go to school in his pajamas. When you wipe down the kitchen counters, you need to take everything off them first to really wipe them down correctly. I know. I know. I get it. I'm with you, sister. I'm with you. Solidarity. But <laughs> I get there's a right way to do everything and a wrong way to do everything in your eyes. I know. I'm the control freak of the century. I get it. However, you can't expect your man to step up to bat if you won't get off home plate. You need to step back and decide together what's important and what's not. If you can only tolerate one way of something, then you need to be the one to do it. And you need to be the one to do it with love, with service, with heart. 
You, I want, you got to go to like, I'm so happy to get to do this. You're really not doing it for your family. You're doing it for you. Get over yourself. Get over yourself. It is for you. It makes your life easier. And it's unfair and selfish to expect everybody to do things a certain way so that your life is easier. That's not how it gets, or you, what you think is easier. I don't know if you think it's easier. It's, it's easier because the kitchen is cleaned a certain, the counters are cleaned a certain way. It's just what you like. It's what you like. If you like it so much, do it. They're, they're, you just, because your people will do it. Your kids will help. Your partner will help. People will help. They'll do stuff. They just won't do it necessarily to your specifications. And that's what needs to go. So you either have to hire someone to do it, you know, outside the family, or, you know, you have to l- let it go, or you got to do it yourself. Those are your choices. Not you have to force the people around you to do it exactly as you say. That that one, well, you've tried it. Has it worked? No, it has not worked. So some point you have to give that up. So I, when did this stuff get so important anyway? I mean, really, when did it get so important? Why is it worth these huge fights and battles? So it's because I... Really what it's because, as far as I can see, the reason is because when your man doesn't do things the way you like, you take that to mean that he doesn't love you or care about you. He's not supporting you. He's not listening to you. He doesn't care about what's important to me and you're you're despondent. He doesn't listen to me. He doesn't understand me. You make it mean all these things. No, it doesn't. It means he didn't see the breadcrumbs on the counter. I don't know what to tell you. He just, it's not important to him. So he didn't, and and yeah, he knows it's important to you, but he, he just, to him, it's so unimportant that even though it's quote unquote important to you, he, he's sort of dismissing it. Cause like, how could breadcrumbs be that important to anybody? And I would ask you the same thing. Just, just wipe them. It takes a second. He, <laughs> so None of this is true, that he doesn't love you, he doesn't understand you, he doesn't support you. None of that's true. You're making a leap in logic that's unfair. Your partner's standards and wants need to be as valid as your own. You've got to accept that he'll do things differently and not find the same things important or critical. So again, why is what you say the right way and the only way and what they say isn't? So again, you can't hire them as your employee. You have to come up with them together. What are the important things together? And if you find that certain things are important and your partner just doesn't, then you either, again, have to let it go, hire someone to do it, or do it yourself. Those are your choices. There's not another choice. So stop putting that in the bucket. And really, I I just implore you to think about what can go, what's really important. Because at the end of the day, if you feel loved, if you feel safe, if you feel honored, if you feel cherished, those are the things. And these other steps that we talked about will help get you there, will help with this understanding, will help open this up. So I'll just wrap it up here and we'll end. So it in the end, what I'm talking about here, like I said earlier, is a paradigm shift. Men often think they're doing it right because they grocery shop or they pick up the kids from practice or get themselves to the dentist. Well, and this is helpful, but it's not emotional labor. Emotional labor would mean that the, you know, you men, you, you wrote the grocery list yourself. You set up the kids' soccer practices and schedules and you know them without being told. You knew it was time to go to the dentist and didn't need a reminder. <laughs> There's a difference in ownership. And you need to ask yourself, I was telling your wife not to treat you like an employee. Well, you need to decide, are you an owner or an employee? If you're acting like an employee in the house, it's not really fair for your wife to suddenly treat you like a partner. So act like an owner, act like a co-owner in things. Step up. Men and women can also own the emotional labor between 
the two of you as a couple, like I, I've said this before, again, like a shared thing. Um, so much of this is just thinking about what's important to the other person to feel safe and needed as much as you can. And really making sure that that's a distilled list, not a thousand things to make them feel that way. And then you just work on doing those things, you know, those few things and think every day, am I, you know, helping my partner feel X, Y, or Z or supporting them in this way? That's where you want to be. Woo! And that is it for today. That is all about emotional labor. I'm really happy that you guys wrote in about this. I am happy to talk about this. I think it's really important. If you want to hear more about it, I'd love to hear it in the comments anywhere or send me an email at abby at abbymedcalf.com. If there's other questions you have, you know I'll follow up. It is what I do because I love you. I love you. That's it for this week. And uh, stay safe, stay sane until I see you again. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.